It's my first time using these headphones. They're not my favorite, but are we are, are we noise canceling? What what are we what are we working with here? They're JBLs. I'd lost my uh, lost my uh, AirPods and just didn't want to buy new ones. Yeah, I've I've been gifted every every pair of AirPods I have have been have been a gift and have I've never lost a pair of AirPods. It's like a um I'm you know I'm God's favorite. That is amazing. I've lost each ear once and I've <laughs> lost a case once, all separate times. Okay. <laughs> It's all good, you know. Hey, hey! Welcome to the show, everybody. We're we're just here talking talking AirPods. You know, um, this is a tech show. August topics, you know. Yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of stuff to talk <laughs> about. It's debatable. David Dennis, Izzy Gutierrez, Izzy Gutierrez, as we like to call them in, in the streets. Um, we're, wow, I've got never some heard stuff. That. Yeah, you never heard that before. That's, that's what we call you. That's I haven't been know. in the streets. Yeah, that's, what, that's what we call you out here. Uh, got a lot to talk about. Very, very full show of mid-August, uh, early August topics to discuss. Alabaster, what we got? All right, first one. Messi is ripping it up. Do you view Lionel Messi as the biggest sports star in the U.S. right now? Ooh, Lionel Messi, uh, as Alabaster said, tearing it up. Um, looks dominant. Best soccer player in, in the uh, like Western Hemisphere. Uh, it seems as though that's the case. Uh, I have thoughts about what this means, but Izzy, you are the man on the streets. I'm going to defer to you uh, first. Yeah, it's such a it's an interesting topic for me for a couple of reasons. One, because I'm like right here. It's that stadium is just about what six miles due west of me right now, and I want to figure out if I'm just kind of caught up in it because he's right here and like you know you go down to Miami and there's murals everywhere and all this stuff and every time he plays he's putting on a display and I'm wondering if it's just you know South Florida and sort of the the eclectic mix of people that we have down here probably more soccer fans uh than even I knew about um and whether I'm in this little echo chamber here because mm. I don't necessarily buy it yet like okay I, when I watch him, I I don't think, wow, this town is on fire because Messi's here. I think from the other perspective, I think, does Messi really think this is good for him? Like after three <laughs> games already, when he can do whatever he wants out there, does he really feel like he the, the football, the soccer is is of his quality of what he wants to do? And and you know, he, he seems joyous out there. It all seems like real soccer, even though you know the stadium was just put together with like Lego blocks and stuff over the last couple of years. Um, so. Down here, it feels like we. I want to be swept up by mm. it. Like I, I sat there and I waited through the hour, not at the stadium, but on television, waited through the hour and a half delay last night and watched the, the game yesterday. And I hadn't watched an Inter Miami match since I don't even know. And so I think, I think, I don't know the answer to that question. I don't think he's the biggest sports star. <laughs> like if football was happening right now, I think right. he and Tyreek Hill would be basically on par here down in Miami. Okay. Right. So uh, it, internationally, that's a different subject. Nationally. Don't think he's there. I don't. Is he even a bigger star, Miami, than Jimmy Butler? Well, I mean, Jimmy will tell you. Mm -hmm. uh, humble Jimmy will tell you. But again, it's an international answer. It's yeah. not, you know, somebody in Kansas. Like, they're probably going to recognize Jimmy Butler first. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't. So the, the messy thing is, is really interesting. He is obviously the biggest story, biggest star in sports, like, on August 4th fifth, sixth right now, because like, there's, as you said, there's nothing else happening. Right? I, right. I kind of find it hard that when stuff is actually percolating, like even at the point that right now he's still the biggest star, 
he has not really come up and just like, I haven't run into people who are just talking about him. Right. I haven't run into people who've been right. like, Hey, what do you think about Messi? What do you like for us, for the sports folks, this is like a really interesting story. But I think part of it is the fact that this kind of feels like a one man Harlem Globetrotter and like everybody else, the Washington generals, it feels like he just dropped LeBron in a league where he's like, uh, like, or you take Tyreek Hill or somebody <laughs> or Mahomes and you put them in the XFL, like not to, disparage those other players. I don't want to call them like G leaguers or anything, but it feels like you have a guy who is so markedly better than everybody else who should be in a league where everybody else is so much better than they are, than the competition that he's playing. I know that the amount of points he scores, you know, per game and things like that, that it's sort of level, but it just feels like he's so much better than everybody else. And we're just watching a one man show with a bunch of people who shouldn't be on the field with him. But that show it's a great show, and yeah, this yeah. is why I, I don't think he's there yet, obviously, but I think if he is, is this level for another two years, and and I think this season is going to play a big part in that because, look, they're on the bottom of the standings. Mm-hmm. They have to make a run just to get into the, the postseason in the MLS. Like this they can do League's it. Cup success <laughs> that they're having. They can. They absolutely can. Yeah. Um, and if they do do that, and he is – continually spectacular despite the fact that teams are going to be more and more physical with him as we go along and try to bully him because you know they don't want to get embarrassed um if they do that they make that magical postseason run and start and you know maybe even win an mls cup like that would just add an immediate Mm -hmm. layer to his greatness and it would and the ride along the way given that we just kind of did that with the miami heat we just kind of did that with the florida panthers the university of miami men's and women's basketball teams fau like all that stuff down here if he is on that run it's going to get covered in the middle of football season Mm. just like everything else it would be huge and if he you know raises the trophy it's going to be like wow we got him meaning the united states we got him he's ours and look what he just did um the rest of the world can be jealous because we have Lionel Messi. And I think that's where it has to get to for him to raise to that level nationally. But I think the more he plays and the more he has these highlights, like, and it's going to be on Sports Center, it's going to be on all of your, you know, even local news stations somewhere. Um, it's He's going to get there. And people are going to be like, you know what? I don't love soccer. I really like watching that guy. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I, when I, when you, I mean, even if you just watch the highlights, right? When you, pop one sports and they do the top 10 they show messy it's like this guy's doing he's playing a different sport than everybody else on the field right and and it looks like it is one thing about soccer i think that that is you know i think tough for folks who, who don't watch is that it's hard to tell what good soccer is and you just throw a bunch of players on there we're watching the u.s women's national team it's hard to tell uh you didn't have their jerseys who's playing actually good soccer and who's not good but when you watch him you're like, this guy's better than everybody else by far. Yeah. And he's doing things that nobody else is doing. And that storyline, that sort of fairytale storyline you're talking about, I'm not putting it past this dude. You know, they have not lost since he's shown up. And this well, because he's not alone right either. Now. Like he's got yeah. Sergio Busquets. He's got Jordi Alba who made his debut yesterday. Like they're going to be a stacked team, uh, mm-hmm. probably going down the stretch. And they've got guys playing really well right now who have been on the team. And so maybe it's, you know, all things coming together at the right time. It's going to be a while. I don't think they're back in MLS play until August 20th. And so they have sort of a mini version of what could happen with this League's Cup. Because if they go ahead and win this League's Cup, it's just like there's nothing that this team and that player cannot do. But it's just – it's very – it's unique. It's refreshing down here. Like it's it's almost like – I mentioned the pop-up sort Mm -hmm. of a a stadium, Drive Pink Stadium down there – 
that place has been sort of like um, almost like a, a little secret place, right? A lot of places where you know people go to have a good time game there, but now tension on yeah. there, and you realize, oh, they have this passionate fan base over there, and they, you know, they're waving the flags and they're, you know, doing all all, all the you know the theatrics and everything else, and I think it's the fact that it's embraced so readily here that the rest of the country can easily catch on if the success continues like this. Because, I mean, this is, you know, this is LeBron catching alley-oops and, you know, mm. jumping over people to dunk on them every single time he plays. Right. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the thing about what, what you know, the league has been able to do on a local level. Like, they have the local audiences in every place yeah. they go. In Atlanta, I mean, they, I mean, there's a passion for it. They sell out. They have the parades. They do this sort of mix of yeah, the best attendance in Atlanta, don't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah, they have the best. Yeah, I mean, it's well attended. Like, I think they, there was an entire section of Atlanta soccer fans at the Boston and Hawks playoff <laughs> yeah, uh, series, uh, yeah. and they just took up the whole section, wore their scarves and everything else. But they're obviously just cheering for the Hawks. Yeah, I mean that they they have this thing where they just like they the way they talk about the Atlanta team here, Atlanta soccer team here, like they come up in conversation in the same way, like in the same way that people are like I'm going to uh, a Jeezy show, or I'm going to you know go to this uh, you know the Hawks game. They talk about going you know to Atlanta United games, and so they they have been able to sort of capture on a local level all across the country. I think Messi can be that binding national thing that sort of brings everybody along with that 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 local hint but here's the question though the back to the original question all these sports are being played at the same time we got nba season we got nfl season we have the, where is Messi in terms of like biggest biggest draw when you have when you have the lebrons and the curries and the tinies and everybody playing don't play on sundays mm-hmm. because that's <laughs> you're, you're going to be on the back burner immediately uh-huh. uh you know unless my team has a bye week um yeah, I think any other day is fair game. Like I, I, you know, the NBA really? okay. regular season, um, yeah. you know, they, they're trying to bolster it themselves. They know that anything can sort of take attention, especially if it's a, like a, a singular event, like a once a week sort of, or maybe twice a week soccer game uh, with Messi playing. I think that's that's enough to get some eyes away from the NBA and things like that. But I think you know, right after the NFL, there isn't anything that just stands out mm. and says, yeah. 1000% Messi's not even going to going to chip into that uh, attention like he's going to not going to get any of their attention and so um yeah outside of the NFL I think he's fair game and I think like I said this season not that it's all or nothing or whatever if he does he's have great success next year it'll be a lot of the same but if this season ends with some miraculous you know yeah. from the the basement to the penthouse sort of story with him I think he's going to get there Yeah I agree I think I think as if, if they sort of percolate in that right direction Messi's climbing a whole bunch of folks. I don't know if there's a singular. I don't think no. There's a single NFL player that I would put over him. I would still put Curry and LeBron over, and maybe and put him right there with Otani in terms of the biggest draws in the country. Hmm. It's not bad. I like to watch Lamar Jackson, but I don't know if how many people agree with me on that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think there's a there's a uh, somewhat of a split between uh, <laughs> between uh, who wants to uh, watch Lamar Jackson. We got our check. We good. Alabaster. What else you got for us? Huh. Yeah, that Greg Roman offense, super exciting. Um, I guess, who knows, Todd Munkin this year. Um, all right, guys, let's pivot to the Women's World Cup. How much confidence do you still have in the U.S. Women's National Team to win the World Cup? Oh, U.S. Women's National Team. Can I start team? off by saying how spoiled we've been with this team? <laughs> that, like... They haven't lost this calendar year, yeah. and we're talking about them as a disappointment uh, just because they had a draw against Portugal. Now, that's I just got to say that right out front mm-hmm. because you know 
regardless of what you think of where they're going, they've given us so much and have been fantastic. And so you got to give them their props there. But this does look like a serious sort of deep-seated issue mm. where, you know, going back to, to, to just the development stage and, and the system that's run and the way it's just the rest of the world hasn't just caught up. They have essentially put more money into, into their programs and have sort of latched on to, to the men's programs and said, hey, we, we can create a great women's program as well. We have the resources for it. Let's do it. And mm. that's just been happening at a pretty quick pace. And if you look at the way the U.S. plays, yes, like in terms of individual athleticism, you know, ability, they're, they're, they're all top of the world class, right? They're, they're that level of class. But the way they're playing with sort of a lot of the long passes and the hero ball and not a whole lot of possession. You know, mm. I watched, you, you watched, we were talking about Messi yesterday. Uh, and Miami, before they scored, you know, before they kind of opened up the game a little bit, like they had possession like, I want to say it was 70% of the game. Mm. And there were times where I was just like, well, I really wish this would turn into more scoring. But you feel confident knowing, hey, we got the ball. We can control the ball. We can control the style of play, what have you. The U.S. women aren't doing that anymore or don't do that as well as a lot of the other uh, countries around the world, a lot of the other teams around the world in this World Cup. And it just doesn't seem like they can hit a switch and all of a sudden be better because, like I said, they're only – level with everybody else in the world as far as players as far as ability on some of these more loaded teams they're not heads and shoulders better than them so they have to run a system that is more you know that is better for winning at this level i mean i think the original point of, of how spoiled we are is kind of kind of where we are here i mean they're still you know they're still right where you want to be in terms of uh, you know winning this thing i mean they don't their offense looks atrocious their offense is struggling some of that i think you know a little bit of bad luck they're still you know winning the possession game in a lot of these um a lot of these matches they're missing shots the defense i mean they're stopping people from scoring they got that going for them i think you know they're fine man like this is like these dynastic teams you have these you know three peats things like that the margin of error gets smaller every time i think they're fine like i don't think that this is going to be a cruising sort of feeling um obviously the last one they, they were everything was was close last time too but i just feel like it's not as bad as people are, are are making out to be. I have faith in Team USA, as as the philosopher Aaron Rodgers said, R E L A X. Just chill. I think we got this. I think it should be fine. All praise is due to the United States. You you feel you look at Scott. I think they're gonna lose to Sweden, man. <laughs> I think they're gonna lose to Sweden. I just don't like. I don't like the way they're playing. I just and the Swedish. Uh, I mean that team is is powerful mm. and you know a uh, couple world cups ago beat them three world cups ago and i i, I just look I, regardless of how deep-seated these problems are mm. you watch them play right now i just don't see anything that says okay they're going to be able to turn that around especially without rose lavelle in this game uh, against sweden because she got her second yellow card in group stage and couldn't play in this one and she was probably the best, not probably, she was the best at just setting up her, her forwards and, and and giving them some decent looks. And now she's not going to be there. And this responsibility is going to be a little bit more spread out. And I just don't know without their number 10 out there that they're going to be able to really get those looks that they want. You know, uh, Sophia Smith, Trinity Rodman have been, frankly, call them disappointments in this tournament. And, you know, Alex Morgan hasn't done a whole heck of a lot either. And so, you know, that trio is a lot of expectations for them and just they're just not hitting. And so I don't see that changing um, with a, you know, a tougher competitor, uh, you know, in the round of 16. I don't think that they're, you know, it's a certainty. I think they have a chance to win. They have obviously enough talent, but 
I just have a bad feeling about this one. This could be one of those where they sort of look at each other and say, we might have to address everything all over again, including, you know, how we train and how we, you know, get our pipeline of players. Yeah, well, I mean, the pipeline thing is interesting because the the problem is that the players have seemed, the younger players seem to have not been, you know, to the level of next generation players as we've seen before. Like you mentioned, Toby Smith and all these players, and they've, they've come in and this idea that you can build on with the future every time. And this future is like it sort of reminds me of, of of my beloved Warriors. Like you got some Jordan Poole, Wiseman, Moody stuff out there when you're trying to build to the future. And it does not look like they're panning out in the way that that, you know, we thought they were. I still think that I mean, until they lose, I'm just going to be in the, on this boat that until they lose, I think they're, they're going to be fine. OK, well, that's fine with this group. Mm. But going forward, you can't really ignore some of the things that are going on with the women's, you know, the under 20 and the under 17 mm-hmm. teams. Uh, the under 20, under 20s won the World Cup in 2012. And then in the next three tournaments finished worst every single time. Yeah. The under 17s teams finished second, I believe, in their first tournament, haven't even made it out the group stage the last last couple of times. And so you're looking at these other countries with these, you know, young and up and coming players and you look at the US and you're saying, hey, their their youth teams are not finishing well. And so that's going to translate into, you know, eventually the senior team not finishing well. And so if you've got this team going in as a favorite and they go out in the round of 16, like I'm kind of predicting that they Mm. will, then that just doesn't bode well for the big picture, right? Like it would be great if they could make some sort of magical run, like you're saying, but I also think that might mask some of the issues that they have, you know, at the lower levels. And so it might just be, they are who they're showing us they are. And we maybe have been overrating them a little bit based on what we believe they can do and their past. But, man, you, it's not even just at the top of the World Cup. Like, look at some of those other countries that have been making it through, like Jamaica mm. making it through. And, and it's just things are changing. I, I'm glad you brought up Jamaica because I would like to talk about I, I mean, the Jamaica's the, the, the story. Like, OK, women's national team, whatever. Jamaica's the story to me. The GoFundMe, the underfunded team <laughs> knocking out. You know, uh, you know, knocking out the greatest player that we've seen, um, you know, making this run. And then now we have what I'm looking forward to is the Colonizer Cup. We've got Netherlands and South Africa, England and Nigeria, <laughs> France and Morocco. Like we have must see soccer going on right here, baby. And I, I, I'm, that's what I'm, I'm gearing up for. United U.S. team, I think is going to be fine. But Colonizer Cup in Jamaica, like those are the stories that are that are intriguing to me. So it's not necessarily a bad thing if like. United States sort of falls bound to the means. There's so much other stuff that that is really compelling that we can watch. I love that this their struggles have sort of devolved into uh, basically criticizing the team, and then the other <laughs> players, you know, coming former players coming back to defend them. Like I mentioned, Carly Lloyd, former player, saying some things, and uh, yeah, and I think Randy Chastain on a podcast. Yeah pretty harsh things about this team so you've got like Ali Krieger and Lindsay her or other other players coming to uh to their rescue and stuff and this this feels like sort of uh the meathead muscle-headed stuff that we've done for so long yeah. with a, a lot of the men's sports and it's just like hmm, wow it's leaked into the women's game yeah I, you know I kind of don't I, I'm kind of not a big fan. I like the same thing happened with Team USA basketball when they started losing 20 years ago and all the old dream team guys were like this team you know it's an embarrassment like right, you right. know like, I, I kind of don't because it's sort of a self-serving thing to me you know it's just like look at look at what we did these guys like the competition has gotten better right the competition has gotten mm-hmm. better and stuff like that just happened you don't need to pile on to this team and, and talk about their heart 
and they're disciplined. Yeah, they're, t- yeah. they're just. Not I mean, if you want to dig you know? deep and, and talk about some of the issues at the lower levels, that's great. But if you want to talk about them just wanting to be Instagram famous instead of you know wanting to win the World Cup, I think you're just kind of throwing stuff out there that uh, is probably hurtful to these women. Yeah, Alabaster, we done. Give us our check. All right, let's pivot to uh, you know. You're just talking about the lower levels. Let's talk about the youth levels of basketball in the U.S., which have also been under attack as internationals take over the NBA. But not for long, uh. because Brian Scalabrini gave us a story that main zone, Cooper Flag was cooking Bradley Beal. Uh, so what are the chances that he actually cooked Bradley Beal in one-on-one? Cooking Bradley Beal to the point where apparently, reportedly, allegedly, Bradley Beal was ticked <laughs> yeah and he cussed him out during a one-on-one game yeah I, this this um so this idea that they were having a, a scrimmage bradley bills taking it easy on cooper flag cooper starts talking trash bradley bill gets upset scalabrini runs to the airwaves to tell everybody about how this this happened how cooper flag was cooking bradley bill then come on now come on like this feels like uh some a little a little white allyship from Scalabrini, uh, you know, that, that he believes this happened. There's no way that Cooper Flag was cooking a 100% Bradley Bill. This is 0% chance. This has never happened. Update. Um, Bradley Bill responded to the said rumor with an Instagram post that just said, huh? With two crying, <laughs> uh, laughing emojis. So either one of two things. The, the part about the story that I didn't really believe was Brad getting upset. Like, come on now. Like, he's been through so much stuff. Like, you think this, unless this guy's doing, you know, some, some, you know, traveling. I did believe a guy like Cooper Flagg, not even in college or not even in his, uh, what is he, 18, 17? Um, 16. That he would be able. 16. He's 16. 16, yeah. 16, sorry. His, the real future. Um, (laughs) That he would be able to cook an NBA player of that level. Like, I remember Ray Allen when he was in Milwaukee telling me, that there was this kid named Dwayne Wade who would come by while he was at Marquette during his redshirt year when he couldn't play, and he just gave some people the business, mm. and this was other NBA players in there, and this at the time was, what, two years before he'd be a pro. Mm. So the idea that Cooper could do that at 16, yeah, and plus he's pretty sure he's sharp at all times coming off of AAU season. Um, but the Bradley Beal part, that part was a bit of a shocker to me, and Instagram post, I'm guessing it wasn't act- actually true. Yeah, I th- yeah, we always hear this, so I think, was it, Kobe giving Jerry Stackhouse the work a few uh, back when he was in, in high school. There was some sort of NBA player. There was a there was a sounds familiar slam commercial where they were trying to bleeping out the guy's name about who Kobe was cooking when he came there. So so it happens. It happens. This ain't happening to Bradley Beal, and it ain't mm-hmm. happening. Uh, you know, with with Cooper Flag, I refuse to believe that this is a, a, a thing that happened. The the story that the story that it seems more plausible is that Bradley Beal was sort of taking it easy on him. You know, and then Cooper Flag may have then been if he is then at that point talking trash. I could see somebody being pissed off. I'd be pissed off if I'm like, you know, when I play basketball, play sports with my son, and I'm just sort of like goofing around, and he scores, and he starts talking trash. Then I'm smacking the ball across the fence, like that sort of <laughs> thing. I could see that being annoying, especially from some kid who feels like he's going to be in the league. So I could see that scenario. Give it a three percent chance. Yeah, myself. I don't see Cooper Flag beating, giving Bradley Beal any kind of work at all. And that's just because Brad is number three. And, oh, yeah, the Miami Heat had a 3% chance of beating the Boston Celtics in the <laughs> Eastern Conference Finals. Remember that? Right. By the way, Cooper Flag, uh, I'm already going to say it. Just because this story is just piling onto it, overhyped. 
Slow down on Cooper <laughs> Flag. Somebody said to me, somebody who's in the industry, uh, not NBA, but just in, in sports media, said he was built in a lab. He's the perfect NBA prospect. Slow down. Slow down. He is not that. I don't know. Is enjoy he? these rookies coming in this year. If you squint, um, if you squint and you look at that 6'9 frame, looks a little bit like Tracy McGrady with the way he plays. Ooh. That's you're gonna say, Laurie Markkinen. <laughs> we're already get we're already getting Tracy McGrady vibes from Cooper Flag. This is this is uh, this is yeah. yeah this is an industry plant. This He's got to get the Caleb Martin level plant. first. Yeah, yeah, it's just this is the Caleb Martin callback. I appreciate that. Um, all right, next one we got a clip for you. Um, this happens every off season. Doble queso becomes single queso. What are the chances you believe Luca will actually be skinny Luca this year? Luca out there looking like Cooper Flag. He's so skinny in those <laughs> images. Like this is becoming the trend, and you start to wonder what kind of cameras they have at these other leagues because he comes back to the NBA and he doesn't look like that anymore. Huh. And so um, I do believe that this might be the time because he's got Kyrie coming back. He's got to give himself no excuses. It's got to be obvious whose fault it is if they don't do well. And so I don't know. I think I said that last year though. <laughs> I, yeah, this is. Luca has reached um, July August NBA all all NBA July August team right there with Ben Simmons right there with LA Fitness James Harden right there with with Svelte Joel Embiid in terms of like you put them on Instagram and they look like they're gonna win MVP every year because they look skinny and they're like you know shooting threes and beating up a bunch of plumbers and whoever they're playing at all times and then they come back and they look exactly the same as they do did in the off season. I'm not buying. How tipped I, I think, do the Mavs have to be when they see that? They're just like, come on, man! Like you couldn't just right. come back the way you looked out there, right? Yeah, like there's there's like a two. There, for some reason, there's a two week window that all these players take where they go from looking extremely fit in the summer, and then the league starts, and I don't know what they do that that requires them to sort of not sort of regress to where they are, and it always it always happens. But I do think that like this has got to be the season that Luca pulls pulls it together. Like this has got to be the this has got to be the season where Luca does not come in and work his way into shape. Like this stuff has got to stick every year at the beginning of the season. You look at Luca and he's playing these minutes and it looks like he's going to die on the court every August, October, November. He looks like he's huffing and puffing and working himself into shape. He doesn't have that margin of error right now. That team is, has tooled up. They've got some players around. They've got the Seth Curry's. They've got the Grant Williams. They've got some players around them. They've bought into Kyrie. They missed the playoffs last year. This is the time for you to sort of like figure out what you're going to do with that squad. And this is on Luca. Like this is where Luca has to pull this together. And whether he looks like felt skinny Luca or not, he has to be sort of that that take it a, 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 another step. While we're talking about skinny Luca, he made a guy look silly because he bumped him into next week. Like <laughs> heavy Luca could have done that. <laughs> like that was just strength on a little boy who was covering him. But uh, yeah, he doesn't have to be skinny to do that. Yeah, I, I think we'll get a 25% chance. I think it's, there is a chance that he will come back in some sort of shape uh, that, that's ready to, to do this because he kind of has no choice. He also looks tan, Luca. Luca's look, look, Luca looking a little tan out there, looking a little mahogany, that's a little Luca. Though. That's a little dangerous. <laughs> but Luca on the beach hanging out, probably yeah. not the one you want. I'm going to flip yours. I'll go 52%. I think this might be the year. Okay, yeah, there's got to be something. Which also reminds me of my shirt. I look like I'm of a animal's genitals showing this entire time because it's a koala upside down. Oh, it is. Uh, it's uh, it's Stitch. Stitch. That's right. It's Stitch. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, thanks for supporting the good, the good folks at Disney. Yeah. Way to go. 
Disney can do no wrong. David, what's on your shirt? Sade, baby. Oh, shit. there we go. Now, Roy royalty. Do you pronounce an R in Sade's name? I've what? had this debate my entire life. She apparently says it like Sade, and everybody wants to say it like that. And I'm just like, but there's no R in there. Yeah, I, yeah. There, Sade. I'm sorry, Sade. That is just that is just what what is what it's going to be. You know, tomorrow, as my parents call her, that's what I'm going to call her, Sade. <laughs> All right, guys, we got one more. We got a quote here. One who done it. Tonight, I feel like I lost my virginity. And your choices are <laughs> Tim Tebow, Rudy Gobert, Manti Teo, or Philip Rivers. <laughs> <laughs> what would have to happen to Philip Rivers for him to feel like he lost his virginity? I don't know what the answer to that question is. I do know the answer to this question, but I'm going to let David go ahead and uh, figure it out first. Has Philip Rivers lost his virginity? I don't. I don't know. I don't know that. I don't know like that man's Super Bowl private of virginity. Life. I, don't, yeah, no. I don't know what he's. We're going to go. We're going to go. Uh, we're going to go Tim Tebow because you know that's something. We're going to go Tim Tebow because I just feel like we haven't talked about Tim Tebow enough. Do you want me to tell the answer, Alabaster? Do you want to just play the clip? We'll play it. Ah, yes. <laughs> it's Rudy Gobert because he hit a three-pointer uh, the first time in a real basketball game. Um, the funny part is, uh, I think there's enough people that dislike Rudy Gobert that if he would have just said this without the three-pointer context, they would have believed it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Rudy, Go Rudy Gobert is just a man who feels, man. That's just a man who's in touch with his emotions. He, you know, he gets emotional when he's not picked the All-Star game. He makes a three. He feels like he's had his, his first little, you know, piece of sex you know the man just feels things very intensely i i, re I respect the, the intensity of, of the way he feels things. he gets on the bench he punches people if they don't treat him right the man just the man just loves hard guys phrasing um he, <laughs> here's the thing that i'm worried about when you have it for the first time you just want more of it you want it all the time will this man try to be Victor Wembanyama. Will he start shooting threes before uh, the season starts? And we'll see more of this. And we'll see Rudy Gobert exploding everywhere. Yeah, you know, the thing the thing about uh, about about losing the Virginia is you gotta know you gotta know your limits, man. You know, when you when you're starting starting the game, you gotta you gotta know know what you can do. You know, you shot a three, tried something, maybe just stick to the, you know, stick to the rivers and lakes you used to, buddy. You know? What would that be? The rivers and lakes you're used to, not quite sex. Never mind, I can figure that out. Yeah, there I mean, it, his his jumper was wet. Oh, <laughs> you've been waiting all show. You've been waiting all show for that. Way to go, Alabaster. I think we have to go. I'm so glad I didn't tell that. <laughs>